Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Welcome in to another episode of the Sac City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by... Oh, that's not it. Well, that is not it. Where is... Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. Joined, as always, by my best friend in the whole entire world, the Mukesiah, Aaron Mukes. And of course, below us, we have the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns. Episode 6 is underway on this beautiful March 14th evening in the football world. Wow. Wow. Is all I <laughs> got to say is just wow. After this insane Monday, uh, how are we doing gentlemen, Aaron? Oh man. It's, uh, it's wild. It's wild. This is what we want from the NFL offseason. It's getting underway and it's, uh, it is, uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So much news, so much to break down. I don't want to take a long, a lot of time with introductions and all that. We know who we are. We're great. Uh, let, let's get to it, man. So much to talk about. So, Dylan, I would ask you how you're doing, but the Jaguars decided to break news right before the show went live here, signing Zay Jones to a three-year, $30 million contract, former wide receiver from the Las Vegas Raiders. This kind of goes as a whole, as a Jaguars fan, how are you feeling today after all of the big moves when they signed Christian Kirk, they signed Brandon Scherf, they signed... uh, uh, who else did they signed? They signed a bunch of guys. Uh, Evan Ingram. Ingram. Yeah. So, how are you feeling after after a big day for the Jaguars? And most people would say the Jacksonville Jaguars are a big winner today. Yeah, I feel great. Uh, to be honest, I feel great about all these signings. I mean, I love when teams are aggressive and in the right matter. You know, when you're trying to show your fan base and your organization, hey, we're going to try to win. And we're going to try to fill pieces that will help us win more games. They could have very easily said, no, we're still rebuilding. Let's build through the draft. Let's trade away some of our pieces. They're like, no, that you know what? Let's go out. Let's start helping out our roster. Let's start signing some long-term deals. That's what I've noticed about all these contracts outside of Evan Ingram. Zay Jones is three years. Uh, Christian Kirk is five. You get four um, four years from uh, – What's the other one? Was it Sheriff? I mean, his is unannounced. But there's everybody that's been signed has been a long-term deal. And that's something as a Jags fan, you're like, okay, they're trying to build something into the future. They have a Super Bowl winning head coach now with Doug Peterson coming over there. I think things are pointing up for the Jags. They're filling holes easily, and they still got the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, I, I, I want to ask this question here, and I know maybe I'll get shit for this, and I, we, I always get ra- ragged on for, oh, you, you can't win with Jags fans. Either they're crying about this or crying about that or what. To me, I see, I see the Christian Kirk deal. It's, it's a lot of money for, for a guy like Christian Kirk. I'm not hating it. And then they sign Zay Jones, and it's a decent amount of money for Zay Jones. Would you have rathered put all that money to or most of that money towards an Allen Robinson instead of getting a Christian Kirk and a Zay Jones, Dylan? 
You know, that's a tough question. That's a tough question. I think the more bodies, the better in this instance. Um, okay. Maybe you do need a number one, established number one, but Allen Robinson's only getting older. Um, he's, he's had a tenacious personality when it comes to any locker room he's walked into. Like, he's a social media outcry, and that's something the Jaguars had a lot of with Jalen Ramsey in the past, Yannick Ngakwe, anybody that would take to social media. Not to say that that's the case with Allen Robinson. Looking at it from a talent perspective, I think it would have been nice to have that number one target out there. There, but look, you're giving financial commitments to multiple years to try to build up that receiver room as a whole. You still have Marvin Jones. You still have LaVisca Chenault, some other wide receivers in that room. I think that they're just trying to get more bodies in there. And Christian Kirk could potentially have the ability to be one of the best receivers in that room. Yeah, I'm excited for the direction that the Jaguars are going. Stop it. What? Okay. Stop. No, 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 no. Not you, Dylan. I, I actually agree with you. Um, oh. Stop bringing up Allen Robinson's name. Like, he's not 28, 29 years old, off of a down year. And you're talking about using this money for young guys. Zay Jones is still young. Christian Kirk is a young guy. Uh, you have a LaVisca Chanel who's young. I believe Marvin Jones is still there, right, for another year or yeah. two. I think it was yeah. a two or three year. Yeah, another but, year. One more year. Yeah, left. so I, I really, really like the moves that the Jaguars are making. I don't think you need – for Jaguars fans, yes. It would have been nice to bring back Allen Robinson, very sentimental and all that stuff. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think they're in a different time and a different direction right now. And I think – and Allen Robinson's not – I believe Allen Robinson wants to win. Yeah. And in Jacksonville, I'm not saying that they can't be better, but they are not going to win. They're not up for championships in the next, you know, year I, or two. So I think, I think it was a good move. I think something for the Jags right now is the fact that, like, last year we had Urban Meyer and he really wasn't doing anything. He, there was no signings at all. He had trouble recruiting free agents, apparently. This year, it's not that they're they're still pretty much in the same cap situation as last year. They have a ton of money to spend. Will they spend it? Now they're spending it, and they're not going after, like, the big-name guys, although they did get the be one of the best offensive linemen, if not the best offensive linemen in this class. But they're getting, they're getting quality and they're getting quantity with their free agents. I'm very excited for where the Jaguars are going with this new regime led by Dougie P, my boy. You, you the defensive you, side yeah. of the ball got good, too. Yeah, you yeah. didn't even mention the linebacker and the you know the D lineman they got. I like can't it's any of the names. names crazy. They are that guy is he led the league in tackles last year. He's a hell of a player. He's from Harvard, right? He's 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 the guy Yale. from Harvard. Yale. Oh, Yale, 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 Yale. One of those big Yale. Ivy schools. Yale. Wicked um, smart. Wicked smart. Wicked smart. Yeah. But I will say this: the deal that they gave Christian Kirk everybody's talking about it because they feel like it's overpaying a guy who hasn't produced as a wide receiver one level. Let's remember Devonte Adams just got tagged. Chris Godwin got tagged. Dylan had mentioned it over and over again, how the wide receiver market had diminished. And there's two ways to approach that type of free agency. Either you're the team with a ton of cap space that goes out and spends right away. And you might set the market higher than, than, you know, most people would, or, you wait to try to get bargains. But if you wait to try to get bargains, those guys are no longer available, right? So if you're Christian Kirk, I believe him and his agent did a really smart job of being the first to sign because now those teams that are also in desperate need of wide receivers, now they might have to overpay an Allen Robinson. Now they might have to overpay an Odell Beckham or somebody like that um, just to get them in the building. So I think going out and getting a guy that you really liked and setting the market yourself, I think you actually save money in the long run. Um, so I, li I like what Jacksonville did there. 
Yeah, I see this comment here, and I appreciate everyone tuning in here. We are live here on Facebook and YouTube, and tomorrow we'll be on uh, Roku TV, a part of the Belly Up Sports TV lineup. Uh, I see a comment here. We are the most interactive show, and I want to call this person out because that's what we do here on this show. I can't deal with this this comment from Bailey because this is the same person that was shitting on the Dallas Cowboys who this weekend – There was some movement with the Dallas Cowboys. They traded Amari Cooper, and then they gave a big extension to Michael Gallup. This is the same person who came at me and said, why did the Dallas Cowboys do that after Michael Gallup had an injured season? That's that's what's happening here. That's what's happening here. We saw a lot of action this weekend, though. That's kind of what I wanted to get into here real quick before we move on to what happened today. Tom Brady's back. Is anyone surprised? Who's who's not surprised? Who's who's not surprised? Anybody? 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 Not surprised? I, I'm a little surprised. Um, not shocked. Didn't did I think it could happen? Yeah. Did I think it could happen so soon? No. Um, I mean, you're talking about literally less than a month and a half, six weeks, and he's already changed his mind. So, um, by no means am I saying he should be retired. He should stay retired because obviously he played at a really high level last year. Um, still doing what he's been able to do for his entire career. But I am shocked it happened so quickly. But for Tampa Bay, it was such a great thing for him to so do smart. it now. Um, because had he not, had he waited, um, there may have been more, you know. But but there's some, so there's been a rumor going around that Tampa Bay knew this could happen, their front office. And they that's why they refused to cut ties with his contract um, there were talks that Brady maybe didn't want to play in Tampa, that he wanted to go mm-hmm. to the 49ers and that he was kind of waiting it out. And when he realized Tampa wasn't going to let his contract go, he's like, well, let me get back with Tampa. Let me go ahead and, and, and stay there because had he waited, then it might've been too late. And, um, I, I think then the 49ers might've moved on. Other teams might've moved on and he might not have been able to get all the, the pieces that he wanted there. And I think he might've wanted to, to kind of build like he did with Tampa. So a lot of rumors out there, but Hey, it's good to have the go back. It makes things exciting in the NFC sucks. If you're a Packers fan or a Cowboys fan um, and you thought your team maybe could possibly be, be the best team in the NFC um, or a Rams fan. So um At- yeah, welcome that's back, a, Tom Brady. That, that's what Brady saw. That's what Brady saw. He's like, okay, Ru- now Russ is gone. All right, this is this is getting easier now. It's uh, Kirk Cousins is going to be back another year. All right, this is this is going to happen. And shout out to Kirk Cousins' agent for once again robbing people blind. The best, but the most average quarterback, the best worst quarterback of all time, now continues to just get paid and paid. I have a number. I have a number. I knew you were going to bring that up. I have a number. Kirk Please. Cousins as an NFL quarterback is 59, 59 and two. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah. Cause records matter when he's playing for Washington and, and Minnesota perform, performs slightly above average. He's, I mean, he's Minnesota's had some good season. Team. He's made $231 million in his career, $231 million in his career. And he's a 500 winning quarterback. Um, Good for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Okay, here we go. Stop right there. Let, let me go to bat for Cousins here for a second. You know, Kirk Cousins had a passer rating of 100.9 with 29,536 29, yards, 205 touchdowns, 72 picks, and 111 games since 2015. He, cool. like, he, has, been a, he <laughs> has been a solid quarterback. Kirk Cousins, so what so, – what did I tell you, Dylan? We and you agreed with me empty after, stats, after we watched empty it. stats. He he has a ton of empty stats. 
I mean, so he has he, a ton of. He's had great games, and then he's had moments where you're Kirk like, Cousins better who the than, hell is this guy? Kirk Cousins better than Aaron Rodgers? No. Hell, in his seven really? years of, of in, in his seven year career, he's gotten paid more money than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, Kirk Cousins is like one of the highest paid quarterbacks in his time. Like he's he no one's tag for like three years. Yeah, but but that's, that's what I'm saying. Money. That's he's what I'm still, saying, though. Put he, it this way, he's still making $35 million this year on a one-year deal that they restructured because they didn't want to pay him 48. Yeah, like they would have just killed themselves. He's $35 million teams. for Kirk Cousins is not worth it. But that's what Russell that Wilson is basically making. That just goes to show how bad this quarterback market and draft is that they are saying, okay, we'll just stick with another average year of Kirk Cousins and pay him what he needs this year, and then we can try and figure it out as we go here. But So Kirk Cousins gets an extension. Brady comes back, and with Brady coming back, that means they locked up Ryan Jensen, which is a huge move for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, I, that his, Zach Ertz got signed by the Arizona Cardinals. That happened this weekend. I don't think there's is there anything else from this weekend's news. And Amari that, Cooper got traded. We talked yeah, about Friday a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, Michael Gallup got his extension. Obviously, yeah. we talked about that. Yeah, I, I, there's just from the weekend there. There was it was kind of a, a setting the standard for what happened today. Yeah, yeah. And I wanna I wanna drop. So this show will be. We, to this show, we've got a great show ahead of us is my normal line. Uh, we're going to be covering the, the moves from today. We're also going to be diving into the AFC and NFC East to finish off our off-season outlooks for free agency. Uh, I will let everyone know that we will be giving updates as the show goes on for our whatever notifications we get from Shefty, from Rappo, whatever, whoever we get the notifications from. We will update you guys live on the show. Shout out Aaron for doing a killer job today with all of the updates, keeping our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages all up to date with uh, the news and the signings, whether it was a big signing or whether it was a little signing, Aaron was all over it. So shout out to him. And if you missed it all, head on over to all of our social media pages. It's at Sac City Pod. Kenny, pick, Kenny Baby Hands Picket pointing you to the right direction. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Sac City Pod. And if you have not yet, been on over to our TikTok page. What are you doing? You're just missing out, missing out on the me, the most exclusive content in the world, the best content in the world. Hey, Dylan, have you been on over to our TikTok page? I have. I followed it. I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. <laughs> Go check the followers. I don't believe you. I don't believe it. <laughs> Go check the followers there. Uh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> so head on over to our TikTok page at Sac City Pod and the rest of our social media uh, platforms that we're on. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Do all that good stuff. You guys ready to dive into the uh, our big board here? Our top 10 big board. This is our list that we released on Friday night. If you missed that show, you can still catch it on all podcasting platforms. Our top 10 free agent list headlined by one J.C. Jackson, who just so happened to land exactly where Aaron said he was going to land with the Los Angeles Chargers. Only three only three or four names from our top 10 has, has been picked up. Carlton Davis with Tampa Bay, Ryan Jensen with Tampa Bay, and Brandon Sheriff with our Jacksonville Jaguars. Aaron, you... uh. You picked one right here. So who's the biggest winner from this uh, free agency day one? Uh, for me, it's right there with J.C. Jackson and the Chargers. We talked about this. The AFC West arms race is in full effect. We saw it start when the Denver Broncos decided to go out and get Russell Wilson. We saw it continue when the Chargers went to get Khalil Mack, and now they've done it again. They got our number one top free agent this season in J.C. Jackson, Mr. Interception himself. Uh, I think this helps them tremendously. You add him on the back end with Asante Samuel Jr. You have 
um, Derwin James back there. And then the offensive side of the football, you already have all those weapons with Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, uh, Mike Williams was re-signed. And then Justin Herbert, obviously you, you got a guy like Rashawn Slater, who was really, really good as a rookie on the offensive line. You add, um, you add a little bit more to that offensive line. They added a down uh, defensive tackle later in the day as well. Uh, I think what the Chargers are doing right now is really, really impressive. And I think they're my big winner so far. Um, there's still some, some holes, but I, I think there's, uh, they're, they have a lot to look forward to, and they've done a really good job thus far. This guy doesn't check the chat, I guess. This guy doesn't check the chat. All right, there you go. All right. Uh, that's a good winner. That, that, that obviously, and then with the Khalil Mack trade that happened pre in the uh, last week, I mean, that this has been a great offseason for, for the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm, I'm bummed out that, uh, that the Raiders did not land J.C. Jackson. Uh, but but I'm giving my winner to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, you look at the list that we just pulled up for our top 10 free agents. Two of them signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's not even just the fact that, obviously, Ryan Jensen, Carlton Davis, both those guys, their play speaks for itself. They, they're they're great players. They deserve the contracts that they got. And, they're, and Tampa is glad to have them back. But not only does this say, okay, we got these big stars – this is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers players committing and buying into the system. And we talk about that so much in this game that you have to buy in. And that's the Brady effect. That's what the, that's what happens when Tom Brady says, I'm coming back. Team players know that they are, that they want to win and that they're going to have a chance to win when, when the GOAT is uh, under center. So being able to bring back Ryan Jensen, being able to bring back Carlton Davis, that's easily two for two right there. Why the Bucs are the, winner, the biggest winners of, t of day one. And again, you got guys buying in. Don't be surprised when playoff Lenny resigns and Rob Gronkowski comes back for his 15th year and with his robo arm and whatever he does as the tight end position. F funny you mentioned Leonard Fournette. Um, over the weekend, Fournette actually posted something on Twitter basically saying goodbye and on IG or something like that, saying goodbye to Tampa Bay, like that he was getting ready to move on. Well, the news about Tom Brady came out and then that was deleted. So um, it, it goes to his like thought process of I might be coming back to Tampa. I might take another discount to get back in Tampa and hopefully win again. Uh, we don't know if that's going to be the case. Obviously, there's you know a lot of rumors out there. But the fact of the matter is, is he obviously thought about it because he took down the tweet, um, no longer saying goodbye to the team he just you know he just finished with. So. Uh, Dylan, I want to know your winners in just a second. I want to give some updates. Like I said, we we're going to keep you guys updated all show long on any news, rumors, anything that's going on around the NFL in terms of free agency. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that uh, the Chiefs and the Saints have expressed the most interest in Jarvis Landry, uh, mm -hmm. who got cut by the Cleveland Browns today. And also, according to Mark, Mike Giardi, uh, he says the Jets and the Raiders are the uh, – Hold on here. The, among the teams interested in free agent Stefan Gilmore. So watch out for those two players to be scooped up by those teams in the future. Dylan, who's your biggest winner from day one? My winner is a team from Florida, and it's not the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's going to be the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins, I think, you, you look at their moves that they made today, and you laugh all you want. Teddy Bridgewater is a great signing. I mean, we've seen Tua Tagovailoa, right? We've seen him not finish the season healthy every single year he's played. So having that stability at the backup quarterback position, he, that's an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. Teddy Two Gloves can spin it. He can win you a few ball games. And I think, I mean, we saw him keep, come in for the Saints when Drew Brees got hurt. He found a way to keep their season alive and move the chain of that area. I'm not here to talk about a quarterback, though. They went out and got Chase Edmonds, who made a lot of plays uh, for Arizona last year. He's a nice back, could be a complimentary back. 
But that's what they needed. They needed someone that could help uh, in the run game in that area with Chase Edmonds. They uh, tagged Mike Gusecki, brought back or signed Cedric Wilson and Emmanuel Agba as well. I thought they had a great day that was kind of underrated in that aspect. Yeah, I, I actually went back and forth on whether I wanted to put the Dolphins in the winner category or the loser category, though, because how much how much did the needle move for the Miami Dolphins today? You brought into Emmanuel Ogba is probably the biggest signing for them. And Aaron, you love Cedric Wilson. I know you've been high on him in the Dallas Cowboys days, but love love is a, is a strong word. But yes, I, he's a very I, talented I, player. Yeah, but but how much is that needle moved for the Miami Dolphins today after their after their signing? You sent a backup quarterback. Is Chase Edmonds that much of an upgrade over Miles Gaskin? I mean, pre-show, you even said, Aaron, that that they still might be in the running back market, even though they have Chase Edmonds. So to me, I just don't see that needle move that much for the Miami Dolphins to make them a clear-cut winner. I don't think it needed to move a whole lot. We talk about a team that last year we saw them come on down the stretch and got really, really hot until they kind of faded at the, you know, I think the second to last week of the season where they lost and kind of put them out of contention. But that team was coming on and playing well. They already have a really, really good secondary in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. You bring back a guy like Emmanuel Ugba, which is huge for them. Their pass rush is is going to be big. That's that's the thing for them is getting a, a better pass rush. Maybe they go out and get another guy that can rush the passer. But I think the offensive line, the running back position, if they can address those needs in this offseason, I think they could very well be fighting for a playoff spot next year. Adding Chase Edmonds helps. Do I think that's all they need to do at the running back position? No, I think they need to bring somebody in that's more of a bruiser that can carry every down. But they still have to address that offensive line because Dylan's right. Tua has not stayed healthy. And the fact of the matter is, is Teddy – it was a nice piece to bring in. I'm surprised Teddy went there, but he was a nice piece to bring yeah, in. He'll play just in case, just in case Tua gets hurt. He'll 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 be there. But I was surprised at the Teddy move. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think I wouldn't call him a winner, but I don't think that I would call them a loser. I think the needle definitely moved in the right direction, and they're just getting started. I do think they have a lot of cap space that they could still um, find some nice pieces with. Let's be let's be real here. The biggest winner of today's free agency is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And none of us, we weren't really allowed to say it because, well, we're Jags fans, two of us on the show. <laughs> but the Jacksonville Jaguars are the biggest winner from this this today's wild, wild NFL free agency day. Uh, when when there's losers, though, there has to be losers. And I want to know from you, Dylan, who the biggest <laughs> loser from today's day one of free agency. First of all, I'd like to apologize to every single person that's watched this show from the beginning because I'm going to repeat myself, okay? I'm going to repeat myself. I'm being repetitive because I've said this message many times, and it might get stale, but I'm going back at it again. It's the Indianapolis Colts and Chris Ballard in their front office. I mean, how – it's unbelievable how you have so much money year after year. You have so much cap space. You could go get anybody you want. All you have is Michael Pittman. You bring back Mo Alley Cox. Let's treat our guys right. Let's pay our guys, right? That's what you want to do. That's how you build a winning team, right? When you're right there at the cusp of making the playoffs, of maybe a potential Super Bowl run of a team we thought, hey, they're scary if they get in. They have a defensive run game aligned. You want to get better? You got to spend the money. I mean, you have so much every single year. It's like having a big old thing that you want, right? You have this to upgrade, but they don't upgrade. Chris Ballard believes, oh, I could trade for DeForest Buckner. That's a splashy move. Bullshit. You can bring him in. That's one nice move, right? That's a, that's good. I'll, I'll credit you to that. You've got to spend money to win. I'm a full believer in that. 
You got to spend money. You got to be aggressive. Look at the Los Angeles Rams, right? That's a prototypical example of how you win. The Colts, year after year, have had so much money to spend, and they're sitting there locking up their second and third rounders they hit on. It's absolutely ridiculous, and they got to find a way. I, I am sick that another day has passed of day one of free agency and the Colts are sitting there with Mo Alley Cox to their name. I mean, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Dylan, um, I, I, I agree to an extent. I don't know if it warrants. Um, I, I believe calling them a loser is fair of, of day one of free agency mm. because they do have the money. However, I do not think that it warrants a overreaction at this rant. point, no. At this point, because Vinny mentioned it, four people out of our top ten free agents have been signed. Five out of the top twenty have been signed. There are a ton of players still out there. Everybody thinks that you have to go spin big, and and that that the sen sentiment of saying spin big has to be on the right pieces. So, of the pieces that were spent on today, where do the Colts fit? We know they can obviously use some offensive linemen now that they lost Mark Lewinsky. Um, we we yeah. know that they could. We know what wide receiver that has been spent on. Are you going to go? Are you, would you have been happy if the Colts instead would have spent eighty five million on Christian Kirk? Because I, I would know they need to make. But Christian Kirk, they can go get a guy I'd like Christian. Oh, Kirk. they could they could have Pascal dropping balls. Do win. I mean, how many what? times are you going to see these clowns? No, no. See, it's ridiculous. It, it, it doesn't what I'm saying is that doesn't matter because the one glaring need the Colts need to address is the quarterback position and the quarterback position is not going to be solved in free agency. Unfortunately, I'm telling you right now, this is why I was surprised that Teddy Bridgewater went to Miami. Teddy Bridgewater. He's a game manager. Could he have fit in Indy? Absolutely. Doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, can manage a game, and you can win ball games with them with a good defense, a good running game, and a good offensive line. Could that have been an option for the Colts on a cheap deal? Absolutely. Could could Jameis Winston? Could could have Mitchell Trubisky have been a good option? Could Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. All those things could be good options, but they're not spending big at that position. The wide receivers don't that are on the free agent market don't warrant the money that the Indianapolis Colts have. So what exactly did you so really much. expect them to do? They like, have so you, you, much money. But you can't just will you can't just go out there and spend the money because you have it if Look, the players are not no, worth it. No, it's not That's because you want it. It's because you're this close, right? And I do I But do they aren't that they're not as close as you're giving them credit for because the fact of the matter is they didn't make the playoffs last year with a hundred million dollar quarterback on their roster. And the year before they were booted in the first round with a 38-year-old veteran who had been no further than the AFC championship game. So with a great defense, a great O-line, the best running back, a weapon in Michael Pittman, they didn't make the playoffs. A so they're not as close, they're not as close as I think we're giving them credit for. That's the problem. I think I think something that uh, a team that kind of fits what Dylan you're saying, like I get what you're saying with with the fact that they do need to be more aggressive to fix their needs, but there are those still those pieces still out there. A team that I that comes to mind that kind of fits the bill of what you're what you're saying, a, a team that might have missed the boat or went the wrong direction and and Bailey brought it up in the comments. It's the Cincinnati Bengals, and and I know that they, they did what they were supposed to do. They went out and got their offensive lineman. That is what they needed to do. But they had the money to go out and get a Brandon Scherf. They had the money to make a move for Teron Armstead, who still is out there. Maybe they'd still go get go after him. But instead, they go for they go for for Alex Kappa and Ted Karras. I just don't I mean those aren't I like, like I liked I liked the Bengals moves. Me too. I, 
I didn't. What they everybody they wants the money. see. This, this is the problem: is everybody wants the big name, but yes, that big name next year turns into more cap hit, and then you're unable to do things. You can't build your team out that way. You don't have to get big stars. The Dallas Cowboys have been have been building their roster, and everybody talks about how talented their roster is. It's been through the draft and bargain free agents. You do not have to go out and buy a team. Does it work? Yeah, sometimes. But guess what? New England spent the most money last year, and look what they did. They they overpaid guys like Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, uh, John Smith. They overpaid all those guys just I because think, they thought we have to spend this money, and it I, didn't work. I still I still do think though with with the contract that you, obviously we talk about all the time taking advantage of a rookie quarterback contract with Joe Burrow. You give him that protection. You give Teron Armstead. You give Brandon Scherf the same the same deal Brandon Scherf got from from the Jacksonville Jaguars. You could have given him in Cincinnati and still possibly gotten an Alex Kappa or 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 anybody else. I mean. To me, well, they I, still I, have I, to pay the defense. They still have to pay Jesse Bates. I, I agree. No, you're right. You're right. I just, I, to me, it, on the flip side of what Dylan said, a team that has the money that didn't go out for those moves, the Bengals did have the money. They did go out for the moves, but it wasn't like though the big name guys. It wasn't the guys that you know for a fact. I, well, nothing is the certain. Colts but trying to get Russell Wilson. That's what should have happened. The Colts should have been on the phone with Seattle saying, "We need Russell Wilson. We'll give you every pick we got, one and through Carson seven, Wentz. thirteen, and two, and Carson, <laughs> and more." They should have done everything they could to get an elite quarterback because that is what they are missing. They need a quarterback. I, I don't care who's on the outside. I can go find me some receivers. I, I need a quarterback. You that's trade not for gonna, Jimmy G. You need oh, to pay, right? right? If Jimmy Garoppolo is dealt, that, that's where you're going to sit there and be like, damn, wish I spent money on Kirk because now he's throwing to Pascal on third down. But you don't but you don't need him. You, you don't need an elite guy. Jimmy G had won with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel was hurt. Like, it, he needs – they don't necessarily have to go out and get an elite weapon on the outside. And this is a deep wide receiver class. They can draft a wide receiver. They can still get some discounted wide receivers that, that they can bring in. Um, you love DJ Shark. Go sign a DJ Shark. Like – I think bringing in a quarterback is, needs to be at the forefront of the Colts. And the fact that they have no direction right now on what that quarterback decision is going to look like is the problem. And yes, it makes it look worse when you have all that cap space or all that, that cap space just sitting there and you're not doing anything. So I understand the frustration, but I think there's bigger issues than just saying, go throw money at guys like Christian Kirk or, or these other positions of need. We play for bravery. We play for big hearts in tiny bodies. We play for the fighter within. We play for life reclaimed, disease in remission, stories rewritten. We're Children's Hospital of Richmond at VCU, and we nurture the champion in every child. We fight the forces that threaten them, and we play to win. Learn how at chrichmond.org. Aaron, I'm about to get your biggest loser from day one, uh, but I do have breaking news. Former Rams defensive tackle Sebastian Joseph Day is expected to sign with the Chargers. He gets a three-year, $24 million deal with $15 million guaranteed. The Los Angeles Chargers continue to make moves to keep that fight going in the AFC West. Actually, Aaron, I was going to go with your loser, but this kind of ties into my loser, and I'm just going to go right into it. My biggest loser is the Las Vegas Raiders. This team had top 10 in, in terms of cap space in this offseason. You are in a, a an arms race that everyone's been talking about. all The best week and a half we've talking about this arms race in the AFC West. You have top 10 money in the league. 
and you're not really making any moves. What are you doing, Las Vegas? Obviously, we talk about it all the time. We talk throughout the show. A lot of players on our top 20 are still there for the Las Vegas Raiders to go get, but they haven't been aggressive today, and you're watching moves be made like J.C. Jackson to the Los Angeles Chargers be made right in front of your face. You have the money to go out and pay for, for J.C. Jackson, Las Vegas. Why are you not doing that? I know we we overrate the, the connection, and, and the we always try to force connections with, with coaches and players, and Josh McDaniels and J.C. Jackson, the Patriots, and the, that kind of connection. Obviously, it's there, but it might not be that big of a deal, but you still have that there. Why are you not making a push for J.C. Jackson? You got the money. You're watching them go to your division rival here. It's an arms race. I don't but get you don't it. Know that they, but you don't know that they didn't. Um, you don't know that they didn't. And the fact of the matter is, is it is day one. Like these reactions are day one reactions. And, and it's it's going to get crazier day two because there's so many names still out there. Um, but you're right. The arms race race in the West is big and they need to keep up. You talk about a guy like um, who they who the Chargers just signed in Sebastian Joseph Day. Yep. They also signed um, – Another down tackle earlier. Another um, I don't. Uh, Austin Johnson, I think. Austin Johnson yeah. from the yeah. from the Giants. Where they needed to beef up. Dylan talked about this when we talked about the West. Um, up front on the defensive side of the football, you add in a Khalil Mack pass rusher. You go and get a JC Jackson. The Chargers are doing everything they need to do to to compete yeah. with the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos in the in the AFC West. So that that's big for them. And they're being aggressive to make those moves happen. I know that you said that. that who knows that they were in on JC Jackson? Well, guess what. The Chargers were in on him, and they got him. That's a division rival. You are now falling further and further and further behind in this arms race that we call the AFC West here. Uh, biggest loser, the Las Vegas Raiders. Aaron, give me your biggest loser for the day. Uh, mine will be quick because it was a huge loser, I thought, at first, and it's kind of tapered off after a big signing, a uh, big contract restructure, I should say. And it was the Dallas Cowboys, my own Dallas Cowboys. I thought, um, obviously, losing Amari Cooper, I know the contract sucked and we needed to get rid of that contract. But the fact of the matter is, is he's a really, really good wide receiver. They signed Michael Gallup, which was nice, but they they had some holes that they were going to have to fill. Offensive line was a big need for them. They haven't been able to address it because they didn't have the cap space. The restructuring of Demarcus Lawrence allows them some more flexibility. They've already restructured Zach Martin. They've already restructured Dak Prescott. It gives them some wiggle room. I expect them to make a splash in the name of, we'll talk about it later. And I think that that will help. That will help their signing. But as of today, uh, before the DeMarcus Lawrence thing, I was concerned because I thought they were going to lose both Lawrence, perhaps with, with him not being restructured. I thought they were going to have to cut him and then also lose Randy Gregory. Lyle Collins is on the trading block. I think this gives them some flexibility to allow some of those pieces to stay. And the defense is pretty much intact except for, you know, the back end. So um, they, they, they think they could have done more and I think they're still working through it, but hopefully the Cowboys have a plan in the next couple of days to get some things done so they can be aggressive the rest of free agency. Yeah, we got, we got, I, I, I have no problem with that at all with the, with the Cowboys being a, a big loser here uh, so far. Uh, we had breaking news, uh, not, I don't want to say breaking news. These aren't big names, but it is news. It, it, it is news. Harrison Phillips, former defensive tackle for the Buffalo Bills, is expected to sign with the Minnesota Vikings. And also uh, Carolina Panthers, Daquan Jones, will be signing with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so with that being said, we are covering the AFC and NFC East here today. And we'll just start off with the Buffalo Bills. This is their upcoming free agents here that they still have on the market. Jerry Hughes being the biggest name. Uh, who's got the Bills? Who's got the Bills? Uh, Dylan. Who has the Bills? Dylan. Me. 
Dylan, there it is. Okay, that that, that it's is, not it's not in the doc, but Dylan. I uh, was looking for it and I was like, oh shit, I'm not reading it. It's probably right <laughs> in my face. Uh, Dylan, you have the Buffalo Bills. Who's the biggest target on the market right now that the Bills need to be going after? Yeah, I'm gonna go with a veteran right here, someone that could help out their defense a little bit more. Uh, getting Tre'Davious White back after injury is gonna be nice. But I think you could still improve that defensive back room. I'm looking at a veteran. Give me some Kyle Fuller. I mean, Kyle Fuller, he's just a veteran corner that's going to come in there and just be on the outside, right? You know, uh, you're losing Levi Wallace. I know he's a different play style uh, on that side of the ball. But, I mean, Kyle Fuller's just – he's just a good body. I mean, he plays plays the ball well, great for the Bears, went over to the Broncos and had himself a pretty solid year. I mean, he's he's been pretty solid throughout his NFL career. And he's not going to command top dollar the way that maybe a Stephon Gilmore or a J.C. Jackson just got. But I think for Buffalo and their salary cap range, it's another veteran corner you can stick on the outside. And I think that helps them down the stretch and uh, throughout the course of the season. Do, do they? Go ahead. I was just going to say they, they for what I thought they needed most was pass rush and some down, some defensive linemen. They've addressed that a little bit in free agency, expect them to be in on maybe Chandler Jones as well. Um, but I think they need to go with receiver. Like their offense is so potent, but we, we talked about it. You're, you're losing a guy. You may be losing a guy in Cole Beasley. I know you bring back an Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is old. Take Let's just face it. He's old. Um, you got Gabriel Davis there. You got Stephon Diggs. But that offense likes to spread it out. Um, I, I also like look for them to add a receiver here in free agency. Maybe not a big name, but another Alan guy Robinson. that can go make plays. No, Allen Robinson's <laughs> probably a little too much that they want to spend at Maybe that position. But I do, I do expect them to add another name. receiver. Oh, DJ Chark. What a guy. What He'd a fit there. guy. He, is, uh, you, you brought up the fact that they needed, they, they needed to build that pass rush. Do they need to re-sign Jerry Hughes? Is that a guy that they need to re-sign? Not if you're getting Chandler Jones. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I mean, if you if you're gonna go out and pay somebody, why not go out and try to get the the best? And uh, Chandler Jones would definitely help a team that's ready to win now. Um, but I mean, Jerry Jerry Hughes is a good piece. So if you can find a way to bring him back and not have to really break the bank or anything like that, um, I think that's a, a solid move. Aaron, you have the New England Patriots here, and this uh, these are their they. I mean, the New England Patriots lost uh, a, a pretty good amount in in terms of free agency here. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, they they are not bringing him back. That's definitely a done deal. Uh, Dante Hightower as well. They they've lost some big time pieces on their defensive side of the ball, including one J.C. Jackson uh, today. Who do the New England Patriots need to target uh, in free agency? The Patriots is about one thing. It's not about building the defense out. You have Bill Belichick. He's going to find a way to put guys, Malcolm Butlers, you never heard of them before, and they're going to be great on defense. They need weapons on offense. And I'm sorry, Nelson Aguilar. I'm sorry, Kendrick Bourne. Sorry, Hunter Henry and John Houston. None of those guys are, are, are really panning out. Um, I think you do have to go out and get a young guy, maybe draft another guy. But I think they can add a veteran here. And it may be shocking because he's a little bit older. But I think A.J. Green is a good fit here. AJ Green is a veteran. He's a guy that can command a presence on the field. He still has some left in the tank. Obviously, we've seen last year with the Cardinals, he was able to make some plays while DeAndre Hopkins was out and kind of lead them um, in receiving after that point. But I think getting pieces around Mac Jones that are that have had some success in the past is so important. Somebody that Mac Jones can just say, you know what, I'm in trouble. Let me throw it up to this guy. To where Bill Belichick doesn't have to just manage the entire game and not take any chances. I think A.J. Green is that type of player. Is he going to be a number one? No. But they need to bring any and all options 
as far as the wide receiver position into New England. Um, Allen Robinson's definitely a, an option that they should look at, but also an AJ Green, I think, is a nice veteran presence there. Maybe they can get them both. Like if I'm New England, maybe instead of going to doing the Aguilar born thing, you get AJ Green and Allen Robinson. That seems a little bit better to me. Uh, better use of the money. So I look for AJ Green to to possibly land in, in New England. Well, last year they doubled down on Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. So maybe this year they double down on wide receivers and go Allen Allen Robinson and AJ Green. That that'd be a smart move for for the New England Patriots. I, I, I do have one question though. I mean, you've you're downplaying the like who they're losing on defense. Like their defense is gonna be fine, but I mean that I mean they're still in the AFC. I mean, obviously their their division is they have the Josh Allen led offense. This on the AFC. They're going up against a lot of high-powered offenses, man. This... But how many times are we going to do this? You know how many times the New England Patriots defense since, since Belichick took over has been recycled? Right. This man has an eye for defensive talent. He finds guys and fills them in there, and they play at their maximum level. Like, he gets the most out of his players on defense. If there's anything, you can question about Bill Belichick, his offense, uh, you know, whether he likes quarterbacks this way. This, you can never question his defensive mind and how he gets people to play on the defensive side of the football. I have no doubt that they will find a way to make that New England defense viable, um, regardless of who's there. They'll have a fifth-round pick lead their team in tackles next year. Yep, that, that's that's Belichick. That's the Belichick way. They cut everybody. They, we've watched Ty Law, <laughs> uh, Stephon Gilmore traded away. Like J.C. Jackson, <laughs> I will let you walk. Lawyer Malloy, bye. Go to Buffalo. Like we don't care because we will find a way to replace you. Uh, remember, they had Chandler Jones at one time. They've had uh, like elite linebackers at Bruce. Like, all of those guys, just, they just let them walk and they bring in another guy. Trey Flowers. Job, so. <laughs> yeah. It's just, so uh, until I see otherwise, I'll trust Belichick on the defensive side of the football and New England's trouble over the past. Even when they won the Super Bowl, 13 points against the Rams, like they, they, they their offense has been lackluster um, from a weapon standpoint. I think they need to address that. And we'll see if they do that. I think I think there's going to be a lot of defensive picks for the New England Patriots in this draft. Uh, but the Miami Dolphins, Dylan, these are their free agents to come. Justin Coleman, your boy, Will Fuller, who you love oh so much. Jason McCourty. Where do the Miami Dolphins need to go in free agency? I know they went there today already and uh, got themselves to Chase Edmonds. But I, I, I'd look at the running back position a little bit more. I'd get you a hammer, a big hammer. And what says hammer more than a Rashad Penny in that backfield? You know how I felt about Rashad Penny in the fantasy season down the stretch. That guy was an absolute monster. Uh, you see on the graphic, 749 yards, six touchdowns. He was arguably the best running back in football over since like mid-November. That guy just turned it on, was a lead back in that offense. He's a big powerful guy he has breakaway uh can take it to the house he's someone that could just absolutely transform your run game and i think he's someone that you plug in that offense yes you did sign a chase edmonds edmonds worked well with james connor who was a hammer so there you go um put those two together i know you still got uh miles gaskin there but look this was a team last year they realized once gaskin went down they were throwing in a Duke Johnson throwing in uh, some <laughs> ugly pieces in their backfield uh, Malcolm Brown didn't work I mean, this is where you got to revamp the entire backfield. Get you some Rashad Penny up in there alongside Chase Edmonds. So basically what you're saying here is avoid the Miami Dolphins backfield in fantasy football yet again. Once again, <laughs> once again, yeah. right? Listen, yeah. <laughs> um, I I like it because I do think they need to address it. Um, I, I've been a big Miles Gaskins fan, and he's been really inefficient. I think the inefficiency, a lot of it's come from the poor offensive line play. Um, 
I still think until they address that offensive line and get that bolstered up, it doesn't matter who you have in the backfield, but I do like a one-two punch of a Rashad Penny and Chase Edmonds. I think that could be something that would work really well. Edmonds is really, really good out of the backfield on third downs, and then you get a guy like Penny who's really, really good in between the tackles. Plus, both have been banged up in their careers, right? So you don't have to give one a full workload. You can kind of split that workload. I, I think that uh, I think that would work well there. Good pick, Dylan. Good pick. Uh, I'll take the New York Jets as the final team in the AFC East here. Uh, this is their free agent, their free agents that they have right now, headlined by Marcus May, who we we do enjoy on this show. I think Marcus May is a very underrated safety. I am excited to see where he goes. I wouldn't mind him right here in Jacksonville. Come on, keep Me bringing either. it on. Keep bringing it on. Uh, but I think Marcus May is definitely a guy that I wish the Jets would have brought back, but they didn't. So they now need to move on. And to me, the New York Jets need the most. Who they need the most is who Chandler Jones. That's who I put. Chandler <laughs> Jones. <laughs> The Jets are desperate for a pass rush here. And we talked about it before when we were talking about the New England Patriots. They got to go up against an offense led by Josh Allen twice a year. They need to get to the quarterback. And Chandler Jones does that. He not only brings a high skill level, he's he's a sack machine. He He was it in Arizona. But he also brings a veteran leadership that that defense desperately needs. He's a guy that Robert Salah could just really get behind and say, okay, you are that dude. You and CJ Mosley, you are the dudes who are going to lead this defense and lead the charge. Chandler Jones is the guy for the New York Jets. I, I like Chandler Jones. Um, I don't know if it's a fit with the Jets. Um, but I will say that the Jets need playmakers on defense, right? You're talking about a team that lacks playmakers in general. So having a playmaker on defense where teams have to scheme to stop somebody, um, especially a pass rush like that, you um, and you get Robert Sala, who's a, obviously a brilliant defensive mind. Um, it would be good for the Jets and what they've done offensively, helping that offensive line, bringing in a tight end and CJ Uzoma. Um, bringing back wide receiver Braxton Barrios, like trying to build around Zach Wilson offensively. If they can get that defense to play solid um, year two of Zach Wilson could be much better than what we could saw. Be good. Year could one. be looking good. Uh, let's go on over to our NFC East headline by your Dallas Cowboys. Aaron, these are their free agents that they still have out on the market. Leighton Vander Esch, Randy Gregory, and Jaron curse. Randy Gregory was a guy we have in our top 10 still out there available for the Dallas Cowboys. Before I get to your free agent pick is, is there still, is there any chance Randy Gregory comes back to Dallas or are they out on Randy Gregory? Um, I mean, there's always a chance, right? They, they basically, the Cowboys have allowed their free agents to test the market and then they're going to make their offers and say, Hey, this is what we can give you. And then let them make their decisions. We talked about it. You mentioned Chandler Jones to the jets. I had Randy Gregory going to the jets um, because the, again, a playmaker pass rush and he's trying to get that bag. And I thought the jets could give him the bag. So um, there, there's a chance, but it's, it's very unlikely at this point um, unless something you know, bizarre happens over the next couple of days. The, re- the reason I say is we did see moments before the show to Marcus Lawrence uh, get get paid by the Dallas Cowboys to return. They said, okay, we don't want you. And then, Hey, we want you. We well, were able to work well, out the money. So to be fair, to be fair, they wanted him. They didn't want to pay him the cap hit number this year. He didn't want to take a pay cut. So they had to restructure it differently to basically DeMarcus Lawrence is the only player in the NFL to have his contract guaranteed money for seven straight seasons, seven straight 
season. The top yes. two agents in the NFL right now, whoever whoever is Demarcus Lawrence's agent and whoever Kirk Cousins agent. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the difference is Demarcus Lawrence is an elite pass rusher. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> and Kirk Cousins but, is an elite quarterback. Yeah, okay. Yes, yes, but, yeah, whatever. Hey, if he, he is is Joe Flacco elite? No, Aaron. Who is your free agent target for the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, we talked about this the other day on our show when we picked those free agency landing spots. I'm going to bring it up again. I think they have to. I think they have to go out and get Bobby Wagner, one of the best linebackers in football. Fun stat about Bobby Wagner: he has the most combined tackles, solo tackles, and assisted tackles. Uh, for the Seahawks since 2005. His career began in 2012. So it, it goes to show you that this is a guy that's been elite, first-team All-Pros, Pro Bowler. Uh, he's a leader on the defensive side of the football. Bring him into Dallas. Hopefully you can get him on a discounted deal, uh, coming back to pair him back up with Dan Quinn. And, and you get Micah Parsons, the versatility of Micah Parsons. You bring a guy that locks down the middle in Bobby Wagner. You have a, a pass rusher in Demarcus Lawrence, and maybe you can go out and get another edge rusher um, if you can't bring back Randy Gregory. I think that'll be huge for the Dallas Cowboys defense uh, that have already taken so many leaps and bounds from a couple of years ago when they were all-time worse. So um, Bobby Wagner in a Dallas Cowboys uniform, yeah, it fits. It that just be, fits. That would be nice to see, and a reuniting with Dan Quinn would be nice. We had breaking news while you were uh, going through Bobby Wagner. The Giants will be si are, are signing offensive lineman John Feliciano oh, to a one-year no. deal. That's one a good deal. That's a good signing. And, and Aaron, they, they desperately need offensive line help. That's and that's what I call a good segue right? because Dylan's Giants. Uh, but that's okay. You could talk about what they needed, and they just went a different direction. Yeah, there you go. Uh, before I do today. that, though. Before I do that, what up, no? I love to Curtis Steele's the best. He's the best. Check out uh, Lions on the Prowl. He does great. He does great work. Uh, Dylan, you have the Giants. They are in need of a lot of things. Uh, they are letting go of Nate Solder, Dan, Sh Danny Shelton, and Jabril Peppers. Uh, this is a team that I mean, this they're in rebuild mode. Who knows if they trade Saquon Barkley? Where do they need to go in free agency? Yeah, they had negative three point eight billion in cap space before coming into <laughs> in the today. <laughs> They're in the red, um, not even breaking even. So I'm pretty sure that's not pretty good. But um, <laughs> you know, when I saw that, I was like, okay, they need offensive line help, especially guard. Right, you lose a Will Hernandez. Um, you do lose your right tackle and Solder. I figured Matt Parrot might slide over, but their left guard uh, Shane Lemieux has he's had an up and down career to this point. A fifth round pick. Uh, pretty good for his standards, but I mean that, that's I mean that's what you get from him. So I figured they definitely go offensive guard. I looked at someone that could be a budget. They did spend pretty big, got Mark Lewinsky. This signing of John Feliciano was the one I expected them to go get, and that was my pick of AJ Can. I mean AJ Can is just he was a solid guard for the Jaguars. I mean yeah, seven seasons. I mean he's he stayed healthy for for the most part. Didn't really get injured. Um, he, he just logged snaps, and that's what you need at that position is someone that could just go in there and play. I mean, he wasn't the best at times, but he also wasn't the worst. So he's he's a decent, decent offensive guard, and I figured he's not going to command the amount of money that a sheriff would or at did. Um, but, I mean, I thought A.J. can at the Giants' salary, no offense. Uh, that's a Billy Bean reference of Moneyball. Um, I think at, for them that would have been a good signing. But, I mean, they obviously went in the direction of guard, so – 
They, they I mean, went there, I, I, I agree. Like I, that, that was obviously um, a hit by you as, as far as saying what they needed there. And AJ can would have been a good, probably discounted player after playing for seven seasons, a little bit older, got injured last year. His first time really being hurt. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to fit somewhere, right? He's going to fit somewhere as, as a guy you can plug in. You can, he's just reliable. You can put him there. Like you said, he's not the best, but he's not going to cost you games. He's not going to kill you. Um, I think he'll he'll latch on somewhere that you know needs a, a depth piece, maybe, uh, or maybe somebody that's dealing with some injuries up front, maybe in Dallas. <laughs> we need a left guard bad. We need a left guard bad. So go get Andrew and, Norwell. Oh hey 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 hey! Andrew Norwell was not that bad for the Jaguars this year. He was not that was, bad for the Jaguars this year. It took him a while to earn his salary. Let's say it, that. Well, he never really earned the salary, but he was not that bad of a, of an offensive lineman uh, in Jacksonville. It's just the money was not worth the value. I'll take the Eagles, and, and since we're talking about Jacksonville Jaguars here and former Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm going to double down on this. Uh, the Eagles' three agents here are them or right now: Roddy McLeod, uh, Derek Barnett, Stephen Nelson. These none, none of this matters. None of this matters. Because what we saw this past season from the Philadelphia Eagles is that they need help at the wide receiver position, and there is no one else better than DJ Chark. Well, there may be other people better than DJ Chark, but the Philadelphia Eagles should be targeting DJ Chark. They desperately need another weapon on the outside. You can't, you're not going to get it from Jalen Rager. So might as well give up on that one. DJ Chark coming off of an ankle injury. He has the potential. I watched him all along in Jacksonville. He always showed the potential. He never reached it, but he always had the potential. And I think in in Philadelphia, you have you give him Jalen Hurts, a guy who can scramble and make plays. DJ Chark is the guy who can who can uh, what am I uh, make who not make, make up plays. a rush. No, the easiest way to approach that sentence plays. you were gonna say, all you have to say is DJ Chark is better than Jalen Rager. That's factual. It. Can't confirm. That's it. And and, and, and they both not very in the good, front but... office in Philadelphia, ladies and gentlemen. Oh god. Former Jacksonville Jaguars general manager Dave Caldwell. So there's your connection. Boom. I had to end. I had to end on a high note. The Philadelphia Eagles are or will sign DJ Chark. You heard it here first. I I want to say a point about DJ Chark today. I saw on Twitter from Clay Harbor, former Jaguars tight end. I'm sure you saw it, Vincent. If not, here's your first time hearing it. Former teammate of DJ Chark and Allen Robinson stated, <laughs> DJ Chark is a number three guy or number two at best. He doesn't like contact, and he's not great at making the contested catch. He's not even close to being in the league of a guy like A-Rod. I, I saw, well, I, I well, saw that. Well, well, I Can saw we that. revisit a conversation we had? Dylan about DJ but, Chark. Hey, Did I not there, say there those exact words? So many guys that played for both DJ Chark and. Alan Did you Robinson. see the picture? Did you see the picture of uh, in the comments of it was Jaylen? of Jalen Ramsey with a fake mustache on? <laughs> and he's like, it was like, oh man, former teammate. Oh man, it was great. That's great. I think we uh, had this conversation when when Dylan was harping on DJ Chark, and I tried to tell him that DJ Chark wasn't good, but um, he, he can Lee. be. He's he better than Jalen be, Rager. He can be decent. Um, I would take him over Jalen Rager. Maybe, you know, coming off injury is tough, but um, yeah, Philly definitely needs help at the wide receiver position. Improvise. Improvising was the word I was looking for. DJ Chark can improvise with uh, with Jalen Hurts scrambling in the pocket, and then that's what I was trying to get at here. But yeah, DJ Chark. Uh, who else is on the list here? I, I, where's Washington. Where's our Washington, but who has Washington? Well, I'm trying to scroll I do. through the I do. You have I Washington. Do. He has Washington. The Washington Commanders. Sorry about that. 
Their list here, John Bostic, J.D. McKissick, and Cam Sims are their remaining offseason uh, free agent. You know what I mean. Aaron, Some of the free agents they're going me. to lose. <laughs> say, please save me. I didn't realize it English still says offseason additions on all of these graphics. It oh, says offseason additions on every single one. Oh, of these. my goodness. Yeah. Stop putting it up there, yeah. then. I got to clip this later. What Listen, a shame. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. Uh, Washington's obviously added Carson Wentz. Um, but the big talk was about that defense last year and how good they were, quote, supposed to be. I just don't believe in the Washington franchise. They've shown me the same thing year after year after year after year after year. So what Washington is going to do is what they always do. Well, they're going to go out and they're going to find the oldest free agent that used to be great and pay them a ton of money. And that's going to be Patrick Peterson. A secondary that was kind of beat up last year. Didn't make too many plays. We talked about it. Their defense wasn't living up to what we thought they were going to be. Patrick Peterson has, has been really, really good in his career. At one time, a lockdown corner. Um, well, he got like one interception last year. He was getting burned all over the field. The fact of the matter is, is Washington has a habitual <laughs> tendency to go out and pay old, older players too much money. We've seen this time and time and time again. I think it continues this year. Patrick Peterson. <laughs> constant professional you are that we've we've went through we have one more oh that was our last team we've done we're done with this this that was our last team to cover in our off-season uh outlooks and you decided to go the route of saying the washington football you didn't give them a player that they should be going after you went with the route of a player that they're gonna probably be going after and then you went on to shit on that player and then once the b-roll started rolling you said why he would be a good fit for the washington commanders and you sir a round of applause for you for being able to just bounce he's back a great fit he's a great fit he's gonna be overpaid like yeah there's teams that could use a veteran corner Maybe Washington can, but they'll pay him like top 10 cornerback money and then it'll be kind of pointless. Sign so, Joe like, Hayden. That's what, yeah. That's, that's what they baby. always do. They've, they've done it a, a million times. I wish I could have like names off the top of my head. We can go look. They, they always bring in these guys that they overpay that are way past their prime. Um, they ever get awesome? Why? That, <laughs> I'm going to be awesome. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Unbelievable. All right. Real. That does it for our overall NFL offseason outlooks. We've done it all. We've done AFC, NFC, both sides of the ball. If you uh, if you missed any episodes, they're all clipped and perfectly placed for your viewing pleasures on our YouTube page at Sac City Pod. Uh, Wednesday, we'll be live again at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Facebook, YouTube, Roku TV. You might even see us on Twitter. Either way, you're not going to want to miss it. We will be doing our overall grades uh for free agency every every move every trade every deal that's been made we will grade it let you guys know uh our thoughts on it any last words gentlemen before we close it all down make sure you go to our socials to keep up with all the signings because we will continue to put those out as they come in obviously there's going to be a lot of news coming in we're going to continue to try to stay on that so uh make sure you're following us that way you can get all of the news up to date we're quick we're quick best in the business uh, one underrated thing that was not brought up today, obviously, because it wasn't an actual signing or anything, but I'm curious if you guys saw it might have flew under the radar. The Indianapolis Colts new wide receiver coach is Reggie Wayne. Yeah. Shout out to Reggie Wayne. Yeah. Great wide receiver. 
Does that does that save their uh, their off season, Dylan? No, because we're gonna if we bring if you say a name like Paris Campbell, Dylan's gonna lose his mind. So just (laughs) let's let's just move on from the Colts. All right, one last time we'll go over the socials for you guys. Hey, everybody, we made this very easy for you, and I even updated it for you because we are also available on TikTok with that exclusive content. Follow where Kenny Baby Hands Pickett is pointing. We are available on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Sac City Pod. We've made it easy for you. And don't forget, if you miss any episodes or want to go back and you don't feel like watching it on YouTube, we are available on all podcasting platforms, whether that's Apple, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio. We are everywhere. Please do yourself a favor. Tune into us on those podcasting platforms. We appreciate you guys for joining us for episode six. We'll be back for episode seven on Wednesday live at 8 p.m. Eastern for my best friend, Aaron Mukes, for the smoothest voice in sports casting, Dylan Kearns. I am me. We will see you Wednesday. Peace out. Bye. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here.